has never failed me yet. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's turn to the book of Revelations. Revelations, we will read from verse 5. Uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. We'll be ready together until verse 9. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. Shall we read it together? Are you here? Amen. Can you say amen to so that I know that the audience is here? Okay. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side. And then I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. Sealed with seven seals. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne I was still on verse 1, verse 2. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. Who is worthy to open the book. Who is worthy to open the book. And to lose the seals thereof. And to lose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven. And no man in heaven. Nor in the earth. Nor in the earth. Neither under the earth. Neither under the earth. Was able to open the book. Was able to open the book. Neither to look thereon. Neither to look thereon. And I wept much. And I wept much. Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book. Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book. Neither to look thereon. Neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Weep not. Behold, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, hath prevailed to open the book, and to lose the seven seals thereof. And to lose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and, I beheld and, lo, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Even before, just go back, even before I get into my seven, my seven during, the, during the gentle dispensation, 
unless you receive the message that is brought forth by the seven spirits, you are not part of the bride. Are you here, people? Seven spirits, it is through the seven messengers. Brother Rumis actually says it's not seven spirits, it's one spirit seven times throughout the seven church ages. Are you here, people? Amen. Amen. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, and when he had taken the, book the four beasts and four and twenty elders, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying that thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and has redeemed us to God by the blood by thy blood out of every clean rate. And tongue and people and nation. That's why the bride is diverse, made up of every kindred, made up of people that speak diverse languages. And from people from different nationalities. But what I'm glad is that it doesn't matter whether you preach this message in Vatbang or you preach it in Norway or you preach it in Madagascar, the effect is exactly the same. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not a regional message, it's a universal program of God. Shall we close our eyes? Gracious Heavenly Father, as people, we can read, but we depend on you for the revelation, especially in a time where men are daring, making daring statements that are not authenticated by the scriptures. It's because fear has left the people's hearts, but Lord, we are told by the wise Solomon, that uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. As I am standing here, dear God, help me to have fear. Fear that brings reverence for your way to dear God. That whatever I'm going to say here, shut down my mental faculty. You don't need my mind. You can only use my lips this evening through which you will speak to your people, dear God. May you be gracious, dear God. May you help us, especially in this late hour. We can see that times are tougher. We can see that the devil has become more fierce. And we can see the onslaught that has been unleashed upon the church. Dear God, there's quite a lot that is happening around the church, but we know that this is a great preparation for a squeeze, dear God. 
Heavenly Father, I'm glad that you did not find us in a church. That is why our confidence, it is not based on a church. That is why the message came in our time and said, Come out of them, my people. Be not the partakers of their iniquities. Dear God, I'm praying this evening that let us remain with the call of Malachi 4. I will never be ashamed of this prophet. We will never turn our backs on this prophet. The world may regard him as a backward man, but we regard him as a man of God. We are basing our lives upon his teachings, and for that we are unapologetic because we know that he was the mouthpiece of God in the end time. I believe that the prophet shall never be replaced until we go into the rapture. This message has enough power to rapture the bride. We don't need any new message. We don't need any new gospel. We are fine with this time-tested gospel of the living God. It has worked for us for many years. It will work for our children. It will work for their children. There is not even a need to change even one thing that this prophet has uttered in the end time. No matter the pressure of time of how people would want to tweak few things that the prophet spoke, some of us will resist that unapologetically because, Lord, our prophet has said to us, God has given me a message, but I am depending on you to execute this message and to keep it as clean as possible. And for that, dear God, we will do that. If we remain fewer, so be it. But dear God, I know that when we are with you, we are the majority. That is why we are unshaken, especially in the last hour. This message is a rapture call. And that we want to thank you as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Now, if I greet it, Amen. Have I greeted Brother Grace? Okay. At least I get into speaking without greeting. Maybe consider it to be a root. Amen. Uh, I just want to speak on if my brother, if you bring Revelation 5 and Verse 9. That is Revelation 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song. I want to speak about a new song. Amen. When it says they sang a new song, they, it is referring to the people. Amen. And I believe that those people, some of them are here this evening. Amen. 
And they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals thereof, for thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Amen. Amen. Now, before I get into my message, uh, I, I believe that uh, between the bride and the denominations, what separates the bride from the denomination, it is not just saying Jesus has saved us. It goes further than that. It speaks about the redemption of the book or the book that was closed is now open. Are we together? The breaking of the seals, I believe that without the revelation of the seventh seal, if you do not have the revelation of the seventh seal, you are not different from somebody that is within the denominational system. And uh, I'm beginning to see people that do not know why we differ from Pentecostals. Some people think that we are just a revised version of Pentecostals. We are not Pentecostals. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How we do things is different. How we preach is different. And I want to stand here and say, I personally have got nothing that I envy among Pentecostals. Hallelujah. And let me put it this way. If you dare bring something into the message that has not been approved by Malachi 4, you may inherit the very same, a hidden spirit that you were not aware of that is attached to the very thing that Malachi 4 disapproved. Are you still with me? Uh, are we together, folks? Now, when I'm going to speak about a new song, my subtitle will speak about a title deed. Amen. Maybe let me read this quotation. In the message, The Bridge, paragraph 117, Brother Brenham says, Oh, Ma, do you still love Brother Brenham? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just hope you don't get bored by us quoting the prophet of the hour. Let me tell you, this message will address every matter in the end time. Amen. Amen. On Sunday, we spoke about depression from a message point of view. Did it help? Amen. Hallelujah. From a message point of view, not from a psychological point, from a message point of view. Any problem that you have in the end time, this message can resolve that problem. Amen. I expected a better amen. amen. Has it worked? Has this message worked in your life? Yes. Has it resolved certain issues that you never thought would be resolved? Has it cleared some ways that you never thought would be cleared? 
Hallelujah. Has it made you to be in a better position than where you were before you came into the message? Uh, Hallelujah. And while at there, we need to continue as much as we say the bride is not the same as denominations, we must as well say the bride is not the same as the church. The bride is not the church. The bride is called out of a church. And why I'm saying that, I want to make it very clear. Church will have issues. Always, my sister. We'll always have issues. We'll have imperfections. We'll have a lot of things that can demoralize you. But in the bride, there is nothing that will demoralize you. That's why don't the people must be born into the church of the firstborn, not into the physical church. Are you, are you hearing, people? And I, 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 we are. I think I think the church, because of the developments in the country, because of it's becoming it's becoming very unbearable to carry a title of a pastor in this day and age. There is a, a certain uh, shame that is beginning to be attached to the title of a pastor because the moment you say I am a pastor. It conjures up images that are not desirable in people's minds because of things that pastors are doing in the churches in the end time. Are we together? Many of you are aware of a case of a pastor in Cape Town, in Port Elizabeth, that is unfolding where he abused girls in the church. Uh, And now, because of that case, a church is on trial. Now, the secular, that's why you've got half drunken ministers that say churches must be shut down. And they feel that they are justified because of conduct of pastors. And you know where it's going. It's going to a point where they are going to say, to bring order, we need to regulate religion. That means for you to preach, you've got to have a license. This is the devil. He's bringing a state of disorder so that he can bring an order that is in line to, to control us. Amen. Uh, are we together? Amen. But in the same breath, we need not to condone the likes of uh, Omotoso. They belong in prison. Amen. They need to be locked up and a key should be thrown away. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Any man that can abuse young girls in the church, we as the church, we must be the first people that say, this one must go to prison. Amen. We've got no room to accommodate such nonsense. We want people to be responsible and to be able to take a stance that is uh, uh, project a good image of Jesus Christ. Are we together? And I wonder what happened to the elderly sisters in that church when the pastor was abusing young girls. Amen. That's why you've got to be vigilant. You've got to be Vigilant as a church. Are we together? But I'm not on that. I'm just showing you the state at which we find ourselves in in the end time. Now, Brother Bram says in this message, the bridge, paragraph 116, he says, Now, oh my, that the forfeited title deed, this forfeited title deed 
is what Adam forfeited in the Garden of Eden. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. And Brother Brown says, now the forfeited title deed is now in the hands of the original owner, yes, Almighty God. Yes, this he was saying it on the 31st of March 1963 as he was building up towards the opening of the seals. He says now this title deed is now in the hands of the original owner. The title deed to earth and to eternal life. When Adam forfeited it, then Satan's hands could not take it. So it went back to the original owner, God himself. And he says, we are now going to find out in just a minute, there he sits on the throne with it in his hand, the title deed. So that means when the Bible says there was no man with it to take the book, that book is referring to the title deed. Brother Bram says it's an abstract title deed. No man was with it to take the book or to look thereon. Are we together? Let, let's put it this way. Brother Branham says, there isn't, just imagine, I don't know how many, I'm thinking Sister Maria should have been in the message for 35 years. Imagine after 35 years being in the message, having attended conventions, services, prayed, lived a holy life, and you come to the end of the life, you realize that what you had believed in, it actually uh, uh, that does not mean anything. It will break your heart that I've given my entire life to this thing, but it amounted to nothing. So I'm just giving you a picture that when John realized that no one was with it to take the book, that means Calvary meant nothing. That means all the prophets that came and prophesied, it all came to nothing as long as the book was not taken. Are we together? So that is where there's a difference between us and Pentecostal. The cross was the beginning of the process. It was not the end of the process. The end of the process is Mount Sunset. You don't only need the Mount Calvary experience because that is where he made a purchase. But on Mount Sunset, he claimed what he purchased on Calvary. Are you still with me? Now, he says... Now, Satan's hands, because all the devil did, he caused Adam to lose it. But the devil could not take it. These dirty hands could not get a hold of it. Now, Brother Brown says, that title did went back to the original holder, the original owner who is God. But remember, the title did does not belong to God. It belongs to the human race. But as long as the human race was not in, in their position, then the title be, deed remained with the original owner. Are we together? Amen. Now, it went back to the hands of the owner, Almighty God. What a great thing. All right, what is doing? In the hands of God, waiting for redemption claims. He made a way of redemption he made a way back and someday the Redeemer is to take it back. You see where it's getting to now? We'll watch this fellow sitting on the throne. All right. And I want you to read, we read Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5. Let's not read it with a denominational mindset. 
that there was one sitting on the throne and the lamp went there and took the book as if there was an old man sitting on the throne. It does not work like that. Brother Branham actually, he simply says, Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5, they happen sequentially. He simply says, the one that's sitting on the throne was the lion. The one sitting on the throne was the lamb. One moment, John turns around and he says, all I saw, it was a bloody lamb. Are we together? But the elder says, I saw the lion. The lion and the lamb is exactly the same person, but it is happening sequentially. And that's why Brother Branham in the seals, he says that the lamb took the book from within himself. Are you still with me? Now, this book that had been lost, Brother Branham says it went back to the original owner. But the original owner was not the possessor of the book. The book belonged to the human race. Now, let's put it this way, folks. Now, it tells you that after a man fell from his position, God accepted a substitute that I will accept the substitute until such time full redemption comes. That's why he accepted the blood of the bulls and the goats. But those blood of bulls and goats never took away sin. It covered the sin. Hallelujah. He accepted it. He forgave them based on that. But however, it never took away the desire to sin. That's why it ended up them going there year in, year out with the same desire. But there was a promise that the full redemption is coming. And what is the full redemption? It is where he takes away the desire to sin. And in 2018, I can say, God can take away the desire to sin. Are you still with me? Now, when John, because the book was now with the original owner. And I want to say, when Jesus came and was led to Calvary and died between the heavens and the earth and said it is finished and gave up, to the, gave up the ghost and within 72 hours he rose from the dead, it, it, it was not a complete work because the book was still with the original owner. Are you still with me? Now, let's put it this way. We were all supposed to come the way Adam came. We were supposed to be how Adam was. But Adam fell. And when Adam fell, then the second Adam came to take the place of the first Adam where he failed, that's where he continued. But the place that Jesus took was not his place. It was to redeem a spot. And once the spot is redeemed, a human being is restored back to that spot. Are you still with me? So that means, you look at the life of Jesus, it shows what Adam could have been without the fall. And it shows what you can be with restoration. Are we together? That's why in the fundamental of faith, Brother Branham says, all that Adam lost, Christ has redeemed us back to that. Adam never had the desire to sin. And if we have been redeemed back to where Adam was, we have no desire to sin. 
And if Adam had dominion and Christ has redeemed us back to where Adam was, we have a dominion. That means if Adam lost his godship, as Brother Branham said, and we've been restored back to where Adam fell, today you and I have godship. If it means Adam controlled his circumstance and you have been redeemed back to where Adam was, tonight you can control your circumstances. Hallelujah. So you've got to know what are you being redeemed back to. Are you still with me? Now, when John realized that the one that is sitting on the throne has got the book, and that book is the book of redemption. Remember, our names were written in that book. And as long as that book was not claimed, it mattered not what happened on Calvary. Calvary was nullified. That's why when John, Brother Branham says, when, when that's the reason John wept, this is in the sixth seal, paragraph 127, that's the reason John wept. Because if no one could get that book, all creation, everything was gone. You and I were gone. Abraham was gone. Eve was gone. All great men were gone. All the saints of all ages were gone as long as that book was not taken. All creation was gone. She would have just simply turned back to atoms and molecules and cosmic light. Not even be creation or nothing. That means you and I Everything that is part of creation would have been nullified, would have evaporated, went back to atoms and molecules and cosmetic, cosmic light. Are we together? And when John realized that, he became despondent. Imagine this was a prophet, John. This was a man of God, anointed. When he realized that, he thought, goodness, that means, he, that's why he wept. He was heartbroken when he realized that everything is now being nullified. He was discouraged. But while he was discouraged and weeping, Brother Bram says, then there was an elder. An elder is a redeemed human being. An elder tapped on the shoulder of John and said, John, weep not. There is a lion of the tribe of Judah. He is not going to prevail. He has already prevailed. Are we together? But when John turned around to locate where the lion was, then he saw a bloody lamb. That what is happening there? This was showing the ministry of the cross and the ministry in the end time. He went to Calvary as a lamb, but he went to Mount Sunset as a lion. Are you still with me? And when a lion roars, a lion, it's a time to claim. That's why we say the end time is a time of family. This message is a family affair. When, during the day, kids are playing out in the streets. They are going up and down playing. But in the evening time, what is happening in the evening time? It's time for the babies to go to their households. Isn't it so? Hallelujah. Around 6 o'clock in the evening, everybody goes to their homes. Isn't so? So I'm simply saying, in the end time, where we are, it is a time where if you are part of this family, you will leave the streets and come into the house. 
And when it is the evening time, it's a time for a family meal. And there are food that you eat as a family, and there are times when visitors come, you are pretentious. When a visitor comes, you like to make a meal that everybody will accommodate. Isn't it so, folks? But when you are alone, you eat the, the, your own dish. And you can even say, this recipe comes from grandma so-and-so. It has been generational. But when visitors come, you don't try the recipe of grandma. Hallelujah. So in the evening time, we are trying the same recipe of Paul. Hallelujah. Why? Because this is a family time. And during the family, if, are you still with me? There are times when you accommodate a passerby. But there are times where you accommodate a family. And in a family, we are honest with one another. Isn't so? Amen. I mean, if you are visiting me and my food, my wife's food is salty, you can never dare say it's salty. You will eat and just pretend to enjoy because you are a passerby. But if you are part of the family, my child can say to mommy, mommy, the food today are quite salty. Hallelujah. The bride of Jesus Christ, today they are partaking from the family meal. That is why we can be honest with one another and say, but be careful how you teach it is not the way the family believes it. Are you still with me here? Amen. Now, Brother Brenham says, as I continue, he says, what is, what, what is the book? He says, now, all the rights waiting for redemption claims. It's redemption. What is the book of redemption? What is this book of redemption? This title deed, abstract title deed. You say abstract. What does an abstract mean? means it searched all the way back to its beginning. Like, uh, you know, a title deed is merely mean if you've got a property uh, and it is yours, you've got to have a title deed to the property. Isn't it so? Amen. Amen. If you don't have the title deed to the property, you may not be able to drive the squatters away. Because if you call the police, the first thing they say, have you got a title deed? How do you prove that this is your property? Then you can say, here's the title deed. And as a result, they can drive the squatters away. That is why when you are a message believer, you've got to possess a title deed so that on your blessing, a squatter must not come. And if there is a squatter, you can report to the squatter to the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost as God's agent can remove the squatter of your property. Hallelujah. It is insanity to accommodate a squatter. Amen. You can come back home after church and you find people playing music in your house and you join them in. No, the first thing you say, guys, what are you doing here? The first thing you go to the music system, you switch it off and say, who, who are you? You need to get out of my property. And if they become, if they don't cooperate, you cannot say, oh, because you don't cooperate, I'm going to go and sleep. I'll see you in the morning. No, you won't sleep as long as they are in the house. If they don't come right, you are going down to the police station and say, police, I need you to come to my house. There is a matter that needs to be resolved in my house. 
And they say, are you sure it's your house? You say, here is a paper. It is my house. And they say, ma'am, get you, uh, follow us. We are going there. When they get there, they say to the people and say, what are you doing here? And they say, no, we are just having a good time. Say, but it's not your property. You need to move out. And they will arrest them and throw them into the prison. And you will sleep peacefully. Similarly, if a demon is there tormenting you, don't sleep. Report the demon to the Holy Ghost and say, it was never meant to be like this. The danger today, we come to church with same issues. Go back with the same issues. When was the last time you opened the case with the Holy Ghost? And say, I don't accept this. Amen. Now, he says, Brahman says, he says, it's like a little drop of ink this morning. When it struck that bleach, it went all the way back. When sin has been confessed and fallen into the blood of Jesus Christ, it gives an abstract right straight back to the creator again. You become a son of God. You know why? The reason God cannot remember your sin. Remember when we say he cannot remember your sin, we are referring to a confessed one. Once it is confessed, God takes that sin. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. Brother says when it falls there, it says it changes back to atoms and molecules. It goes back to its own creator. That means now it's traced back to Satan, not to you. That's why God can never remember it. Are you still with me? And therefore, that forgiveness makes you to be a son of God. Abstract title deed is held in the hands of the Almighty God. He says it's redemption. It means all legal possession to all that was lost by Adam and Eve. It means it. Its redemption of this title deed means all legal possession to all that was lost by Adam and Eve. I don't know whether you got what it says. This redemption of this book to the human race, it means a legal possession to all that was lost by Adam and Eve. Uh, Brother Brandon even claps his hands twice. What ought that to do to a born-again Christian? It's legal possession to that abstract title deed. That means tonight, you cannot sit in your house and fantasize how Adam was. That means tonight, you can tap into the same power that was at Adam's disposal and know how it was. When Jesus came, he wasn't thinking there and say, I wonder how it was in the Garden of Eden. No, he walked on the water. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He commanded nature. Why? Because full redemption was taking place. He says it's legal possession to that abstract title deed. Title deed of eternal life means that you possess molecules and so forth. Hallelujah. It means you possess everything that Adam and Eve lost. Brothers say, Whew, what of it, brother? The possession of that deed. Adam could not meet the requirements of redemption. 
after he found he lost it, he had sinned and separated himself from God, was on this side of charms, so he could not redeem it. He just couldn't do it. He needed redemption himself, but the law required a kinsman redeemer. And I'm saying grace produced a kinsman redeemer. And Jesus left the corridors of eternity, took on a body of flesh, and became our boas. Hallelujah. Redeemed everything that we had lost. Are you still with me? Now let's put it this way. There's one sitting on the throne. And John is disappointed because no one was ready to take the book. No man was worthy to take the book. And the elder taps him on the shoulder. He says, weep not, John. There is a lion of the tribe of Judah that has prevailed. That fulfillment of the scripture was 1963. Let's put it this way. Brother Brenham says, I had to go east. I had to go west so that I can come and reveal the seals for the Lamb. I don't know how we together here. Hallelujah. Did you get that one? And let's put it when Brother Branham West went westward. He says, I had to go westward to connect with the angel's message. Hallelujah. Amen. And you cannot connect with the message unless you connect to the angel. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Are we together? Amen. He says, and I, I, I might not have time to read. He says, when I was there in the West, he says, seven angels came from eternity with a terrific speed. And he says, they picked me up. Hallelujah. They picked me up and they formed a cloud in a form of a pyramid. He says, when I was in the constellation, constellation, I looked to my left. There was a notable angel. He keeps on focusing on that angel. He says he's the one that had the mystery of the seven seals. Hallelujah. And for two minutes, I want us to zoom in on this notable angel. Folks, let's put it this way. Seven angels came from eternity and they picked up the prophet and he came into the constellation and he says there was an angel that was notable to him. And I want to say to you, when the angels picked him up and he became part of the constellation, Brother Brenham did not become the eighth angel in the constellation. He was still the seventh angel in the constellation. The number was not added. What happened to the, the theophany of William Brenham picked him up and he became part of the constellation. And I want us to follow the notable one. Come up, John. I will show you things that shortly, shortly must come to pass. And John says the angel showed me things that must come to pass. He showed me the seven church ages. He showed me the breaking of the seal. He showed me the new Jerusalem. He showed me the millennium. He showed me the resurrection. And he said, at the end, I wanted to bow down to worship the angel. And the angel said, John, don't worship me because I am a servant. I am thy fellow prophet. The angel was a prophet. And who was that angel in the end time? There is a man that came and said, I am measured in the new city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
What is happening in the end time? Brother Brenham, hallelujah. This message is an angelic message, my brother. If Brother Brenham had to connect with his angel, you've got to connect with your angel. That's why he says, when you recognize the word of God to be the eagle's food, then you have heard from your theophany. Your theophany is your angels. The angels of the Lord are encamped around those who fear his name. Those angels are our theophany. Are you still with me? Hey, Amen. You want a quote? Brother Branham says in the message, it is the rising of the sun. He speaks something very profound. He says, paragraph 308, he says, he is the one who opened those seals. <laughs> Hallelujah. But before I get there in the message, the gap. He says, we find out that during that time, I saw seven angels. Hallelujah. I saw seven angels in a form of a pyramid that swept down and picked me up. And I was brought east to open the seven seals for God. The Bible says no man was worthy to take the book and to look at the seals thereof. But he, he is the man, he says, I was brought towards the east after I had gone to the west to open the seals for, the, for God. And I was brought east to open the seven seals for God. Now, here's a question. Is there a contradiction? Because the Bible says no one was worthy. And now he turns around and says, I was brought to the east to open the seals for the lamb. Let's put it this way. In the message, what is the attraction on the mountain? Brother Bram speaks about how Jesus was going towards Jerusalem. And uh, you still remember? He was on a donkey. And he was going towards Jerusalem. Towards the temple. And they had put the leaves on the street. And they were singing Hosanna to the king. Hosanna. And the brother would say, what was the attraction? He says, God was fulfilling his word. Let's put it this way. When you go into the Old Testament, the donkey was deemed to be a defiled animal. At no point in time was the temple, the donkey, accepted anywhere within the vicinity of the temple. Only the dove, the lamb, were accepted today. Are we together? But he is the Messiah. Why, why is he on a donkey? And taking the donkey, it's quite an oxymoronic scene. Because he's on a donkey, a rejected creature. He goes to the venue where this creature was rejected. But let's put it this way. The donkey was not wealthy. But when he, the wealthy one, came on the donkey made the donkey worthy to go to the temple. No one was worthy to open the seal. But when the Holy One came on a Kentuckian prophet, it made the Kentuckian prophet worthy to open the seals for God. I don't know whether you caught it this evening. Hallelujah. That's why you say it's not the Holy Church 
is the Holy God in the church. It's not the Holy Prophet. It's the Holy God in the prophet. That is why you and I, we have had a man coming in the end time. He says, my subject, I'm going to preach on the unveiling of God. He says, this morning, I am going to unveil God. Hallelujah. If somebody says, I'm going to unveil something, that means they've got the capacity to take the veil and unveil so that you can see what is beyond the veil. I wonder whether we're together. John the Baptist comes. He says to the people, well, everybody say, the Messiah is coming. Every church will say, the Messiah is coming. But John, one morning, he turns around and he says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The message, his message had a target. Ah, hallelujah. Well, everybody says, it's coming. Then he rose and said, the one that is coming, behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples followed Jesus. Then in the end time, Brother Bram says, in the present stage of my ministry, he says, one day he will crown my ministry. He will allow me to stand there and say, behold, the Lamb of God. But, but here's a tricky part. In the, then he had his own body. That's why Malachi 3 verse 1, he says, the Lord that you see shall suddenly come to his tabernacle. That means he created his own body in Mary and he came and enjoyed his body. But in the end time, the body was in heaven there as a sacrifice. But he's got to come again, but not using this body. That's why he borrowed the body of William Brenham. And he was in that body and said, William Brenham, introduce me to the people. And William Brenham struggled because he could not say like John, behold the Lamb of God. And he could not say, behold, it is me. Because God was in him. And he spoke in parables. But the predestinated class of people they looked beyond the symbol. They looked beyond the speech. And they knew that the God that we worship is now in the prophet. Hallelujah. And today, Brother Brenham is not here. Hallelujah. He says God does not change. He changes the veils. There was a time for the veil of Paul. There was a time for the veil of Irenaeus. There was a time for the veil of Brenham. But Brenham is not here. And God has got to have the veil. There's got to be people that say our subject is to unveil God. Hallelujah. And today, who is the veil? Who is the veil? It's not another man from Germany. Hallelujah. It's not another man from South Africa. It's not another man from China. You can tell the world and say, I've got a mystery. As much as Christ was the mystery of God revealed, I am the mystery of Christ revealed in the end time. John chapter 14 verse 20. At, the end, at that day, you shall know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Father in me during Galilee and I in you in the end time in Wilbank. Today the ministry, it is I in you. 
Behold, the, the world shall see me no more, but yet you shall me see me. Because I will be with you, and I will even be in you until the end time. And today we can say, greater than all of them is in ourselves. Do you get it, folks? Amen. Amen. Now, John, let's change the scenario, the scene. Desponding, discouraged, crying, helpless. And all of a sudden, and all attempts and say, Don't weep, John. There is a lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And the bloody lamb stepped to the fore and takes the book. Hallelujah. And when he took that book, he never returned to the throne. He never returned to that throne. That's why Brother Brim comes in the message, in the Revelation series. He says, I read the quotation on Sunday. He says, here it is. He says, he says, he was, he says the first throne was in heaven. The second throne was in Christ. And he said, the third throne is now in a man. Hallelujah. What is happening? What is happening? And he comes and says, the mercy seat is not in heaven. It is now in the heart of the believers. In Christ, the mystery of God, he says, what was once God's great mysterious secret? He says, now it is in the heart of the believer. There is, a, there is another one that is on the throne, and the throne today, it is in your heart. Are you still with me? Let's put it here. He never went back to the throne. The Bible says, when the seventh seal was revealed, then there was silence for space of half an hour. That means the cherubims and the seraphims that had been singing holy, holy unto the Lord for ages. Something happened that made them to shoot. Heaven was silenced. But Adam says, if there was any movement from the heavenly host, it could have given out the secret. He says it right there. It was just silence. And I want to tell you something. If we were to tell the people to sing to the king and say, here's a king, worship the king. What happens when you turn and you realize that the king is no longer around? Are you going to still worship? Are you still going to sing? Because you don't know, you are not, you, you are wondering, where is the subject of my worship? Do I keep on saying holy, holy unto the Lord when I know that the Lord is not here? Hallelujah. Why was heaven silent? It's because he that was the subject of worship in heaven came down and became the subject of worship upon the face of the earth. The Lord himself shall descend with a shout, with a voice, with a trumpet. And here today we say the Lord is here. Heaven is silent, but there is noise upon the face of the earth. There is a new song being sung by believers. 
upon the face of the earth. Why are they singing the new song? We are moving from a state of despondency to a state of hope. Because why? The book that was once not taken, it has been taken. And when we open the book, we realize that our names are written in the book. And the moment you realize that your name is written in the book, you know that no matter what the devil does, I'm not ever going to go back. I'm not going to be defeated because my name is there to stay. Because there is no eraser that can erase your name from that book. When you see your name, Brother Paul said, John looked beyond the curtain of time. Then he saw his name. He said, John began to have a jubilee. John began to rejoice and said, Thou art holy. What happened? He knew that no matter, there is nothing in the arsenal of Satan that can destroy him. And in the end time, when Brother Brennan broke the seals, we saw our name. Hallelujah. Our name were not alphabets. We reconnected with our theophany. Hallelujah. Sing your name is to reconnect from your theophany. And once you reconnect from your theophany, nothing will disconnect you. Are you still with me? Now you've got people that are upon the face of the earth that are walking around in sync with their theophany. Led by a theophany. Influenced by a theophany. Then what happens? You are an eagle. Amen. 1963. Brother Brenham, after they had taken that picture, he says it was our Lord Jesus Christ up there. He says, do you see his beard? Do you see his eyes? He had no body. He was without a body. It was the head. What was happening? It was the capstone come into the body. The headship come into the body. It can never appear on the, in the sky unless the body is complete. That's why your prophet says, now I can say with boldness that this one, this Eve, will never spoil her skirts of purity. Since actually she's already pregnant. Hallelujah. He came while the world to say, he's coming. And everybody is preaching, Jesus is coming. I'm here to tell you that Brother Branham's ministry was to declare that he is here. Hallelujah. How do I know? Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He says, now the bride is pregnant by the weight. Oh, you don't become pregnant by WhatsApp. By, by. Hallelujah. It takes a physical component for one to be pregnant. Are you with me? I know I'm speaking to a mixed audience. The groom cannot pregnate the bride while he's there. He's got to come. That means the revelation of the seventh sea is an intimate affair. The reason Brother Brenham left the sea the same reason that Eliezer left the sea is because Rebecca now saw Isaac and Eliezer say it's time for me to decrease. Then Rebecca and Isaac went into the secret chamber and Rebecca was pregnant. The Lord himself shall descend. But there had to be Eliezer to tell the bride 
And for the bride to ask Eliezer, who is that man? And now Eliezer said, oh, that's Isaac. In the end time, we had to ask this Eliezer, what is that? He said in the message, it is the rising of the sun. It is your Lord Jesus Christ up there. The beard is your Lord. Hallelujah. And the brother Brown comes and says, the bride is pregnant. And it says the womb of life is closed. There is no more foreign city that can enter in. I'm preaching to people that shall never be deceived. I'm preaching to the people that shall never backslide. I'm preaching to the people that will never go back to the world. I'm preaching to the people that are pregnant by the word of God. I'm preaching to the people in whose being the life of Jesus Christ is growing daily. When we say you are pregnant with me, there is another life growing within you. And that life detects your appetite. You cannot drink oros when you are pregnant. Pregnancy brings new cravings. That's why when you are broke, don't make a sister pregnant because it's very expensive. That's just a tip. She'll want chocolate in the middle of the night. And you can't blame her. Because it's just, you see that we are asleep. No, you've got to wake up and look for a 24 hour filling station and buy chocolate. Why? It's not her. Another life in her is dictating her appetite. One day you know you are coming, you are on your way from work, you've bought a, a sack of avocados. And you know that my wife loves avocados. As soon as you get into the house, says, that avocado smells so bad for me. Leave it in the garage. And you say, oh goodness. I thought you would be impressed. No, it's not her. There is another life. Hallelujah. There is another life in the bride of Jesus Christ. That's why we are careful when we come to preach. Well, I cannot preach Pentecostalism because the life that is growing in the bride will turn around and say, hmm, I don't leave that in the garage. I've got no appetite for that. What are they looking for? Christ is the mystery of God revealed. What are they looking for? The revelation of the seal. What are they looking for? God hate. You cannot preach to the bride with motivation. You will run out of speed. I can come here and say, 18 million, 18 ways to be a millionaire. The bride will look at me and say, what are we talking about now? Because the why? The life that is in them does not desire that. Are you still with me? They want to know that what Adam lost, they have been restored back to that. They now have Godship. They now have control over their circumstances. They now know what their destiny is. I'm laying the foundation. Seven cause me. The reason the prodigal son was out there, we heard Brother Steve Francis, how he spoke that he was eating there, and he speaks about how what he was eating. He says, actually, it refers to Pentecostalism, what he was eating there. But he says, while he was sitting there, he said, but no, no, no. There is seven cause me in my father's house. There are seven seals revealed in my father's house. I cannot eat this junk. That is why I feel sorry for message believers that follow people that they would want to be Pentecostals in the message. Receive your house. Oh, come on, bro. 
Receive your money. Oh, come on, brother. I don't say you won't receive that. That you will receive because it's positional victory. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Shall I stand here? God bless you, Krishna. Amen. As you come. There is a song that says, I don't know, you maybe you can give Brother Dipadi a mic, he knows it. The original said the original way. Is what I have believed. Son of man is revealed. The seals are open. Amen. Wait. Amen. The original seed. 
the son of man is revealed. The servant seal is unveiled. Amen. Spoken word is the original seed. Amen. Let's give us another worshiping song. Mr. Queenie can just, they can give you the mic. Let's just say, Reign King Jesus. Reign King Jesus. Then we'll bow our heads and pray. Amen. Brother Grace is here. will lead us in prayer. Amen. How many say rain in our lives?
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, dear God, we thank you this evening once again. Lord, we thank you for all your good deeds. We thank you for everything you've doing for us, everything you've done, Lord. Things are so many that we can't mention. Lord Almighty, you saw a miraculous God. We've seen you, O Lord Jesus, in different ways and circumstances and places. And tonight you brought us together to come and worship you again. God Almighty, the very same time we came here, some could have gone to other places to go and have fun and drink and do things, O oh Lord, all filthy stuff. But you gave us that grace to come, to gather, O oh Lord Jesus, in this fashion. We believe that we're not going to leave this place the way we came in. For you've spoken, and we said there, O oh Lord, as the Branham said, you, the Holy Spirit behind the pulpit, you, the very same one sitting in the congregation, receiving, shouting amen to your own word, O oh Lord. We believe it, O oh Father. We believe in changes, O oh Father, Lord. The only one who does not change is you. The same yesterday, today, and forever. When it comes to us, O oh Lord, we've got shortcomings. We've got weaknesses, O oh Lord. That's why, O oh Lord, the, the rapture is even delaying. Because we need to change day after day. And the only thing that can change us is your word, O oh Lord. We thank you, Father Lord, for the healing we thank you, Father Lord, for the blessings. We thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness. We thank you for everything, Lord Jesus. Like I said, there are so many we can't mention them. You, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, your peace is enough in our heart. Oh, Father Lord, that's all we need. Trouble comes from different places. But when we grant us your peace, O oh Lord, we sought it. We pray that you keep us together, Lord, in love. Keep us in unity, Father, as Brother Branham said. Oh God, we pray that you even bless our pastor, Father, Lord. Bless him so that he can stay and stand in Malachi for, O oh God. We've seen many starting like this, O oh Lord. And further along, they go and go astray. I pray, O Lord, in the bottom of my heart, that you keep him, O Lord Jesus. No matter what will come the way, Lord, keep him, O Lord. Stand with Malachi 4, O Father. For the more he stand, O Lord, this is how we're going to stand. Is our Father giving us education. Oh, Lord, we're going out there reflecting what he's giving us. And he's also taking it from you, Lord Jesus. And you, Father Lord, there's nowhere else to find you but in the spoken word in Malachi 4. So we thank you for this church. We thank you for all the offices. We thank you for the musicians, oh, Lord. 
Oh God, we thank you for each and every one of us. Those that couldn't manage to come to church, you alone know why, Father. But we believe that you can reach them, oh Father, and bless them and forgive them even, oh Lord. We pray that you keep us until we meet again on Sunday. Oh God Almighty, we are about to leave. We pray and ask for your traveling mercy until we meet again, Father. We pray and commit the all service and everything into your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you richly. Give us uh, another song till we see you on Sunday, 9 o'clock. God bless you richly. Amen. So have a blessed week of what remains of it. God is good. God is good. And all the time, I believe that. Have a blessed week of what remains of it. Amen. Uh, Let's just say... We are standing and depending on the power from above, and thereafter you will be dismissed. Amen. Thanks, Brother Abraham, for standing in the gap. Appreciate that. Amen. Here we stand.